Praise the Lord. It's good to have you here with us today, joining us. And I trust things are going well for you and that uh, God is blessing you. Got that famous joke book out. A minister was asked to inform a man who had a heart condition. He was very sick and uh, people didn't want him being startled for fear that he would have a heart attack and, and die. And so they informed a man that would have a heart attack. You know, they, the minister was asked to inform this man who had this heart condition that he had just inherited a million dollars. Everyone was afraid that the shock would literally kill him. That he would have a heart attack and, and would die because he was just that frail. So the minister in his wisdom went to the man, he said to, to his house, he sat down with him, he said, Joe, what would you do if you inherited a million dollars? What would you do if you inherited a million dollars? Joe responds, well, pastor, I think, I think I'd give half of it to the church. Pastor fell over dead. Oh, some of you saw that coming, didn't you? Yes, indeed. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 11. That uh, humor reminds me that I need to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. God is an awesome God, and as you have given through the years, God has multiplied back to you. And as you're on vacation today, I trust that you're enjoying the abundance of your life and enjoying your vacation and taking time out to grab church this morning. It's awesome. Some of you may be catching this a little bit later in the week. We're just glad that you're viewing. Luke chapter 11. Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. It, 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 it's just, reading the text, it's just such a simple thing. Ordinary day in the life of Jesus. This guy is... Mute, he can't speak, and it's a demonic force that's within him. Now, not all people who are mute or deaf is the devil. I know some of the wives think that when the man goes deaf, that it has to be the devil. But it, <laughs> it's just the process of of uh, deterioration of the eardrum, okay? But uh, this is the normal day in the life of Jesus, and he prays, and this, this demon comes out of this man, and he speaks for the first time, and the crowd is totally amazed at the power of God working through Jesus. But not everyone sees it that way. But some of them said, by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons, others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Man is just always wanting something different than what's available. Always wanting something different. We want a sign. We don't know that this is really God. We, we want a sign. Now think about this for a moment. The power of God shows up and brings a man into his right mind, gives him the ability to communicate, and people are disputing that that is the devil. And others are saying, well, I don't know if it's the devil, but I just want a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts. And this is what 
this remarkable, all-knowing God. Jesus knew their thoughts. So guess what? Jesus knows your thoughts this morning as well. Kind of a startling thought for a moment, isn't it? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And a house divided, it will, it will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. The finger of God. In other words, the Spirit of God. The power of God Almighty. If I'm doing that as the finger of God, if God is touching this individual and driving it out, and God is using me to do that, so be it. The, the whole premise of Jesus coming to earth, his whole premise for coming to earth was, was to take authority over demonic forces, divine authority. And we are blessed to be able to come into the presence of God Almighty, sense his presence and his power, and realize that there is divine authority in the word of God. There's divine authority in the name of Jesus. There's divine authority that moves in the hearts of mankind. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10, Jesus said to them, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. The very son of God, as he's preparing to go into ministry, has to go through the time of temptation with the demonic forces. And it's because of Jesus coming to earth. He came to dispel darkness. He came to put down the evil things that the devil wants to bring into our lives. God is greater than the powers of the enemy. God is greater. We sang it. I, I, I wondered about Mona as everything she said in this pre-worship service, this worship service prior to this message, all pointed to the fact that we have victory over Satan. She even said some of the very words in my message. And she has no idea what I'm preaching. And uh, sometimes I have no idea what I'm preaching. No, I'm just <laughs> I am Jesus in, in uh, um, Acts chapter 26. I am Jesus who you are persecuting. And the Lord replied, now get up and stand on your feet. Talking about Saul. Get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I t will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open. Say it with me. To open. Say it again. To open. To open their eyes 
and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Paul's great commission, if you would, was to open the eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan. Jesus was commissioned to come to this earth to turn us from our carnal flesh, turn us from the influence of Satan, and to turn us to the light of the gospel of our God. So to open the eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Paul had a commission that he was to do the very thing the same, the very same thing that that Jesus had done. And that was to take the gospel light to mankind and to destroy Satan. We've, we've got to recognize that Satan isn't all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. He's not omniscient. God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And he's greater than Satanic's forces. The Satan has one cohort, and that's our carnal flesh. He has the demonic forces that he sends out that are fallen angels. And, and we have a greater power within us. When Jesus is living within us, we are greater than the demonic forces that's coming from the outside. And we must recognize that Satan wants to destroy. He wants to tear down. But God wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Verse 21, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But... When someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the spoil. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places, seeking rest, and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in a crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And he replied, Blessed. Rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey it. This is a very awesome scripture as we look at the fact that Jesus is talking about the demonic forces that happen in people's lives. And that the kingdom of God goes forth as people focus upon the Lord and realize that Satan is not all-powerful that he is there to distract us and we can move above and beyond him through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's important that we recognize that God wants us to see the demonic delivered. The power of God sets people free. The power of God breaks the chains of addiction. God has a greater power than Satan. 
And we must recognize that, that the deliverance power of God is awesome. And that once it takes place, then there has to be the fortification of the Spirit of God inside of a person. It's not just saying, okay, get, let's get you delivered. Let's get this demon out of you. In the name of Jesus, be set free. You see, the power of the blood of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is powerful. It's through the blood. It is through the power of the name of Jesus that sets people free. And if you're wondering, is this person demon-possessed? Get them to pronounce the name of Jesus. Get them to pronounce the blood of Jesus. And those demonic forces must leave because the name of Jesus is greater. Remember the disciples. God sent them out to minister. And they came back rejoicing. Oh, it's been so great out preaching. It's been so fun out there watching the demonic forces flee us. We have power over demonic forces. When they was rejoicing, Jesus said, stop it. Don't be rejoicing about having power over the demonic. But rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Rejoice that you have a salvation experience with me. Rejoice that, that others are coming to know God. And to know that we have a battle, and it's against Satan, it's against our carnal flesh. But the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to rejoice in our relationship with Him. So it's that when someone is delivered, it's very important that they get in the Word immediately. And if, and if you ever have a friend or an individual at work or whatever that says, man, I, I was at a prayer meeting last night and I got delivered, at break time, take out the Bible. At break time, talk about the things of God. Keep on feeding the thirst of righteousness to them. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. You see, it, it, we we wake up every morning and we're looking for a cup of coffee or we're looking for something to drink. We go out and we work in the fields. We go out and work in the factory. We go out and work in the car. We work in the yard. We come back. We're thirsty. We're looking for something to drink. The spiritual man needs to be constantly thirsty. You need to be constantly wetting your appetite with the Word of God and, and letting it saturate you. And when that person has been delivered from Satan, his vessel is clean, and now the Holy Spirit is resident, the power of God is filling him, and the Word of God becomes the stronghold. The Word of God becomes that, that agent that fights off the demonic. And so it's important, very important, that discipleship process takes place. Because if that individual is not filled up with the power of God and the Word of God in a constantly renewing experience every day, the demonic forces are coming back. And they're going to be knocking at the door. And they're going to be saying, hey, we want, we want some time. We want to see what's going on here. And it's so important that uh, we don't allow... Satan to uh, deceive us. Ananias and Sapphira sold property and they held back and the, the idea was he's going to sell the property and give the money to the church. But Ananias says, I want to hold on to some of that money for myself. And so he kept some of that money back. So he took the rest of the money to the church and said, here's all the money from the property. 
And he lied to the Holy Spirit. And they carried his body out of the church house. Now that's a pretty powerful rebuke from God. And we must recognize the fact that the devil can deceive us into lying. Because the devil is the father of lies. And so he's going to do everything in his power to bring things into your life to make you believe a lie. It's interesting that one of the ladies in the crowd was amazed at Jesus' ministry, amazed at his life, and was glorifying Mary. And how that Mary had to be a blessed woman. A blessed woman to have had you, to have nursed you, to have raised you. She was a blessed woman. And Jesus heard what she was saying. And rather than glorifying his mother, rather than glorifying life, uh, as as everyone knew it at that time, and, and glorifying motherhood, he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. It, it's, it's one thing to, to hear it, but then it's another thing to obey it. It's kind of like the guy who was in a hurry every morning going to work. He'd get up a little bit late, and he'd run a stop sign. And a police officer sat there purposely just to catch people running the stop sign. And so he pulled him over and said, Sir, you've got to stop. The sign says stop. That means no motion. Okay, well, I'm in a hurry. I got to say, well, get out of here. The next day, same cop, same individual, same situation. And he pulls him over and he said, sir, I guess you don't understand what stop means. He said, if you allow me, I want to give you an illustration of what stops means. Took his billy club out and he started tapping the guy's head. He said, now, that's constant motion there, right? Yes, sir. It's constant motion, isn't it? Yes, sir. I'm moving, aren't I? Yes, sir. Would you like for me to stop? No motion, right? We must stop the things of the world and do the things of God. Blessed are those who hear the word, but then act it out, obey it, and live within it and do what it says. And so that gentleman was being taught a lesson without having to pay for it through the wallet. Uh, and I don't know if he's taught the next day or not, but I would imagine if we get a nod on his head after a while. But some people are just stubborn. And uh, we've got to realize that if we'll yield to God, our body, soul, and mind, he will equip us to read the word, give us a hunger for the word, and we will be blessed. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. As the crowd increased, Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. <laughs> if he said it back then, what's he saying today? Oh my goodness, the return of Christ is near because violence continues to increase in our nation and in our world. This is a wicked generation. It asks for miraculous signs, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Then as Jonah was assigned to the Ninevites, so 
also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them for the she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom and now one greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment and with this generation condemn it for they reject repented of the uh, preaching of Jonah and now one greater than Jonah is here. Jonah is the sign. Jonah was the sign. Jonah was in the belly of the whale. And it's unique because people want to discredit the Bible theology, the Bible truth. Well, there's not a fish big enough. Well, they have found scientifically that there is a fish big enough to open its jaw to swallow a human being. And it has happened. And so Jesus is qualifying the Bible story and in making it true about the fact of the resurrection of the Son, Jesus. That's the sign that is given, that Jesus is going to be in the throes of the earth for three days and be delivered and live to be with Jesus forever and ever, to be, Jesus to be with the Heavenly Father forever and ever, and He lives within our heart. And so the sign had been given, but they weren't seeing it. No one looks at a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come may see the light. We're getting ready to see a lot of light as we're marching into the July 4th holiday. Um, we've had light shows of lightning and we've had a few shows already of, of the holiday experience of 4th of July fireworks. But uh, we're talking about a different light here. Your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eyes are good, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are bad, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part is dark, it will be completely lighted as when the light of a lamp shines on you. It is amazing the power of our cell phones and the little flashlights. I take advantage of that cell phone quite often and, and use it readily to, to bring extra light. It is amazing the power of light in what it does and the power of your eyes. People who have a very difficult time sleeping at night need to get a sleep pattern. They need to get a cycle of their body. And one of the key ways to get your sleep pattern fixed is sunrise. You'll say, well, that ain't ever going to happen. I don't get out of bed till noon. Well, I'm telling you a secret here. For those that struggle with sleep problems, getting up early in the morning, it doesn't have to be at sunrise, but early in the morning. We'll just leave it at that. And you get outdoors for the first 15 minutes. You just throw some clothes on and go outdoors and get in the sunlight. Let the sunlight touch your face. What happens is very interesting. The light goes through your eyes into your brain and it resets your sleep clock. It resets your whole body 
to realize it's daylight. I am supposed to be awake now and I'm going to stay awake until I go to sleep later tonight. And it's that cycle of every day getting up and getting into that sun that helps. Well, getting into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ is a great illumination. Jesus has a light, and that's the light of the gospel. And it just keeps pounding at us and pounding at us and pounding at us how important the light of the gospel is and how it works in our lives. I I marvel at the presence of God and how that he wants to bring light into our lives. And it's all about the light of the gospel, letting Jesus shine forth in our lives. It is amazing the, the power that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the gospel is is the light of the gospel. The, the light of the gospel dispels the darkness. The darkness of the world is increasing, but God's spirit is increasing as well. And so when the gospel light goes into a dark world, it illuminates. And it dispels the darkness. It's so important that we take time to allow the gospel the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. How is it that we turn on the news and we hear people doing just horrible sin and we're saying, how could they do this? The God of this age, small g, okay? The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ. Who is the image of God? For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. In Christ, we have the light. We have the knowledge. We have the understanding of the power of of the gospel sake. We, we, we are, we have the light. We, this, the God of this age has blinded the eyes. We, they can't see. When people are blind, they cannot see. And in Jesus' day, the Jewish folks were blind. The truth of the gospel was coming out. Jesus was among them, and they were not comprehending it. They were not allowing it to penetrate their hearts because their eyes were blinded to the truth. God's word illuminates God's word illuminates our life it empowers us first Peter chapter 2 verse 9 but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to God that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light we have been brought out of darkness we've been called out of darkness the darkness of this age. We are not a part of that. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visit. To live in a dark world and know that the light of the gospel shines brighter. To live in a dark world, know that God himself empowers us to see the light. 
empowers us with vision, empowers us. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation called out of darkness into the light, the wonderful light that the Lord Jesus Christ provides. The wonderful light that the Lord Jesus Christ provides. We have that privilege to walk in the light. Our souls have been illuminated by the presence and the power of God Almighty. There are no need for generators in heaven. Jesus is the light that brings tremendous light. God is light in heaven. There are no light bulbs in heaven. There are no electric bills in heaven. There is just the light of God. And that same light that's in heaven dwells in our hearts when Jesus takes residence. It dispels the darkness. And when you get a craving for light, you want more of it. You'll say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean that when it rains seven days in a row and you haven't seen sunlight, you get a craving for the sun. Occasionally when that happens and it shows up, I say, what's that? Haven't seen it so long. Oh, what is that? You know, but Jesus is the light and he dispels the darkness of this dark world. And we are recipients of the light of the gospel. When was the last time you said, thank you, Lord, for giving me eyesight? Thank you, Lord, that I'm not blinded by the sins of this world, but you've given me the light of the gospel and I'm set free from the bondage of Satan. It's important that we give God thanks. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the illumination of the gospel. We thank you, Lord, that you have allowed us to live in this time, in this world, in this day. For God, this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it, because God, you are number one in our lives. And Lord, help us to be kind to those who are in darkness that they can't comprehend that their life could be any different than what it is. But Lord, we know it could be different because you made it different for us, because you brought us out of darkness and you have brought us into the light of the gospel. And our lives have been changed forever. And we thank you, Lord, for the light of the gospel. And Lord, we want to go forth. We want you to be lifted up in our lives. And Lord, I pray for a hungering and a thirsting after righteousness. Lord, Give us a craving for more of the Word of God. Give us a craving for more of a prayer life that we'll put more time aside each day to seek your face and to allow the gospel to light up our life, to light up our life to where we walk into a room, the light of the gospel dispels the darkness, and Jesus is lifted up through our life and through our walk. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us this day. In Jesus' name. Everyone said. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have you here today, and, and we're going to go ahead and have an altar service. But thank you for taking time to, to view today, and, and may your week be blessed, and may you always let the light of the gospel transform you. The gospel will illuminate your life in those around you. God bless you. Have a great day.